0: It's Jess. I'd just like to pop on really quickly to record a short little intro. I'm very excited for everyone to listen to this episode. It's recorded with one of my friends from work. Her name is Amy, and she's such an intelligent and fascinating woman. We cover so many subjects including body positivity, uh, workplace sexism, and sexuality. I'd also like to apologise for how many times I say mmm and yeah throughout. I just got completely enveloped in the conversation, so allow it. But yeah, I hope you all enjoy. So we'll get started. So I think we both really wanted to talk about predominantly workplace sexism on this podcast. And like, we've both encountered that. What woman hasn't? So yeah, can you tell me a little bit about your experience with it?
1: Oh God, (laughs) where to start? Um, Oh, where to start? Oh, this is this is nerve wracking now. Right. Like, okay. God structure. Oh my god. Um You're okay, I can edit this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it in, just leave it in. You know, we're human. We have like brain explosions. Absolutely. I always feel as well time. I always feel
0: like as well when someone puts me on the spot, I forget everything. Yeah, no, like I yeah. had
1: points, then you asked me and I was yeah. like, Oh no. It happens to be in interviews all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. But honestly, like I think it's predominantly, and it's like extremely unfortunate that it has been that way, but it's predominantly come from female managers. But I think, like, not to not to side note or anything, but that is sort of associated with the whole like girl boss ideology, yeah. And how they, if they want to be in positions of power, have to augment the way they present themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's like sort of the same as like the sexuality thing, yeah. That I was talking about like, they um, they present in more like masculine ways or like um kind of undermine their female staff because they feel like they need to to stay in their position yeah but um manager that I had recently like when I was waitressing um I got like followed to my car one night after work and um I told my manager about it the next day and she was like you probably shouldn't have been flirting with him then and like it really unsettled me because at the time I was like very much unaware of and like uncomfortable with my attraction to men like i thought that i was like fully only attracted to women yeah and she knew this and she knew that i had a girlfriend at the time yeah and she still was like you were flirting with this man like you deserve to have him follow you to your car at 8 p.m on a sunday after work
0: isn't that that super like old patriarchal view of like where again like in courts of rape courts like you hold up the women's knickers Mm -hmm. it's like we had to do something to provoke it yeah so in her head she couldn't fathom that you were just doing your job or being nice i was just
1: having a little bit of banter with the customer like i have probably actually flirted with male customers yeah and they haven't followed me to my car. yeah
0: we all have it's i'm sorry but it's really part of the hospitality industry Yeah.
1: yeah but i think like the worst part has been that like i have like old men not to touch me like in that work environment i was like please don't do that when yeah. i'm serving like that's not part of my job and i had a, a lovely staff meeting one day where i was told that it was essentially part of my job that like as a young woman in the service industry i should be expected to be treated like that are you serious and that blew my mind i was like i'm like 19 years old really setting standards for future generations yeah, people like that's, that's it's part of my job description i was like where does it say that in my contract? Yeah. Show me where it says in my contract that I have to be forcibly touched by men when I'm trying to set down a dinner plate. Yeah. And then I'll do it. If it's yeah. in my contract, I'll do it. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that I'd all.
0: really like to see the same thing being said about their daughters. Mm. You know what I mean? Literally. I, I did this, um, I had this module in second year of uni and it was about coding. Mm-hmm. And it was um, predominantly about sexual harassment and about how men I suppose they completely read our codes different than we would. Mm-hmm. But that's not them. That's obviously a societal issue and what they've been taught is okay. Mm. And so, you know when you're in the club and a guy wants oh, to move well. past you and he will, like, grab your waist? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not okay. Without
1: feel always. Absolutely. Or, like, the bottom of your back. Or your ass, if you're really lucky. Yes.
0: And yeah. sometimes they'll use that as a gauge to be like, is she interested? Yeah. When I'm sorry, the gauge should be, like, but verbal communication yeah. and a like, conversation you haven't
1: even seen his face yet and he's yes. trying to gauge how interested you are by how disgusted you are that he's just touched your ass
0: literally I and mean, then so the majority of guys they thought that that was like a good way to do it mm. they had no clue that we felt so offended that we were like literally touched there yeah. uh, and i feel like as well like this i put a, a story up a while ago and I was like, um, on my business page, and I was like, can everyone tell me about their experience with sexual harassment at work or, mm-hmm. or workplace sex? And I'd love to know and share it on the podcast. And one of my friends said that she also works in hospitality currently. Mm-hmm. And she says, even during COVID, all the male staff members, especially the management, will still come up and, like, touch her hand, touch her waist. Mm-hmm. But they would never do that to the, the male staff yeah. or male colleagues. And and she was like, it's so inappropriate. And, like, even during COVID, like, it's a health hazard now as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, they'll, they'll tell her that she's so pretty, which is so inappropriate in work, mm-hmm. and that she should marry a rich husband. Mm-hmm. As if she had no, like, like what's the word as if she had no aspirations beyond her
1: beauty mm-hmm. you know what i mean Always. <sighs> i don't even know i think like the really startling thing that like it was probably wrong of us to do this
0: okay but as a
1: little bit of a social experiment okay. um me and my friend alicia at work she was she's a beautiful girl like very conventionally pretty like tan blonde like, yeah fits the standard beautiful beautiful girl yeah and her like boyfriend was the head chef. That's not it's not important, but it is a detail. Um, but like men, like she's only like nineteen. Mm-hmm. Like men, like twice her age, maybe older, mm-hmm. would always be like, "Oh, like do you have a boyfriend? Like what are you doing? I have to work all this year? I was like, "Do you, do you know what you tell them? Just look them in the eyes and tell them you're 17. Because I thought they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, this girl is underage. Yeah, leave her alone. Never." <gasps> it stopped one of them. It stopped one man in the entire like month or so that we were trying this out it stopped one man from trying to come on to her and they thought that they were talking to a 17 year old girl in her workplace and they didn't care That is alarming like that that really scared me that was i think that was the moment where it clicked i was like they actually don't care like they actually feel above consequences because they know that if she says they said that no one's ever going to believe
0: But, like, I feel like we really have normalised those few, you know, kind of close years to 18. You know, 16, 17, you know, she's nearly
1: 18. It's almost normalised. The countdown clock. Yeah. Like, when Billie Eilish was about to turn 18 and there was, like, a countdown clock on until she turned 18, I was like, if you sexualised her before she was 18, it doesn't make it okay to say it out loud once Mm. she turns 18. Mm. Like, if you've watched this girl grow up, you're not, like, immediately entitled to think that she's sexy the moment that she turns 18. I seen this thing where
0: obviously I don't really follow her, but she obviously would wear quite like baggy clothes, mm-hmm. and then there must have been some images released of her like maybe in a little sports bra or something. It was
1: a little like cami top, yeah, and
0: baggy sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> and like and like she was com- she was like sh- shamed for her body because they they didn't think that that's what she'd look like. Mm. Like she has like a perfectly womanly figure, yeah, and because she wasn't as petite and little, yeah, like men were like that's disgusting. Yeah, like, like
1: they thought that she was gonna be really like slight and like yeah. all that and like the girl has a body. Yeah, she looks like a normal woman. Like, like. she has a figure, she has hips, she has boobs, she has all that and yeah. they were like, oh like that's disgusting like oh like she's fat and I'm yeah. like, Where? I know. <laughs> in in what world? Like it blows my mind.
0: I think in like all boys secondary skills. We really need to go over the definition of fat because it's thrown around way too lightly, oh, yeah. especially for young girls. Like oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times when I was younger I was called it. Like, yeah. and it's like,
1: do you know the definition, my friend? Like, yeah. but I find that really interesting because like, I haven't been, like, almost ever. Really, and I am a fat person, and nobody ever says that to me. But they'll be so quick to say it to women who aren't. And that has always blown my mind. That's so interesting. Like, if I say the words, like, I'm fat out loud. Like, everybody's like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, like, look at her. Like, like her tummy's hanging out over her jeans and, like, stuff like this. And I'm like, she's, like, maybe, like, a third smaller than me. And you're going to sit in front of me, who is <laughs> larger than her. And, and tell it. me that she's fat. Yeah. And then when I say I am, you're like,
0: no, you're not. Yeah. I think this would be a really good point now to go on to the body positivity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. That's a whole kettle of fish to, yeah. be, to be frank.
0: Like. So I want to so I should ask you first then like what your opinion is of kind of before and after body transformations like predominantly on Instagram.
1: I think it's such like a it's such a slippery slope to yeah. comment on yeah. and it does kind of tap into that like public versus private sphere yeah. of like body image and like how you perceive yourself how you want to be perceived like how you're perceived as like an object or a product when you choose to photograph and post yeah um <laughs> images of your body um i think before and after pictures are fine depending on like the language and the energy around them as long as you're like being proud of what you have achieved and not denigrating on the body that you had before. Yeah. You can be proud of what your body looks like now without being like, oh, I looked like shit in this other picture because other people have that body. And people with that body can see that. Yeah. And, and they- maybe those people are perfectly happy with yeah, themselves. They yeah, they can thrive. Like, you can be fat and happy people. Yeah. Like, I have looked at, like, people's before pictures and I'm like, oh, shit, I look like that. Or I'm like, I'm bigger than that. And they're like, oh, like, I was so miserable here. Like, everybody, like, nobody was attracted to me. I'm like, babe,
0: hello? They always choose (laughs) the most, like, they always choose as well in the before picture, like, a a photo where they look so unhappy. Mm. But, like, I'm sure there was countless pictures of them
1: thriving in that body. Yeah, like, smiling, like, laughing with their friends, like, at a concert. But now they're, like, picking their lowest moment to exemplify, like, what their life was like when they had that body. And maybe it was. You know, maybe, like, They were like completely uncomfortable at that time. And that is so okay and so valid. But you don't have to inflict that on other people. Yeah. So I think like before and after pictures, cool, fine, wonderful. But just make sure you're talking about it in a a positive way. Yeah, like it's supposed to be body positivity. That's such blurred lines though, because I feel like as well a lot of
0: people scapegoat bo- body t- body body positivity as like fitness inspiration. Yes, but then it's nothing to do with it because yeah. body positivity was founded by the fat liberation movement, mm-hmm. and it was like it was founded in a time when I think it was really extreme and like women were especially in the nineties or early two thousands, like we were expected to be like model thin, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like an epidemic. It was so harmful. Yeah. And then this was created to kind of say, well, okay, we accept all bodies and all their imperfections. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now, in like 2020, we have just, or maybe even last year, we've now kind of took it and we've used it to for an excuse to go to the gym and promote that and promote diet culture,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Which is, it's not, they're, they're two completely <laughs> separate identities. Like, those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, they're not the same thing. Yeah. Like, you can feel positive about your, like, very fit body yeah you can but that's a different sphere yeah like that's not a body positivity thing yeah that's a a fitness lifestyle thing yeah and like both of those things are fine they just shouldn't be talked about in like the same sentence
0: do you know what my friend said as well and it was so true when you see kind of more so celebrities doing these before and after pictures and like the after pictures always 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 almost in a gym mm-hmm. she says that's not attainable for the everyday man that has to work nine to five yeah you
1: know who has the time you're an
0: influencer of course you're going to look like you know of course you have the time to go to the gym every day like I don't yeah and it's just not attainable for me and also the
1: money for a nutritionist Yes. And a money for a personal chef that cooks you raw vegan food. Well, yeah. doesn't cook you raw vegan food, but yeah. makes it for you. Yeah. And, like, the best personal trainers in the world. Yeah. And, like, all, like you have, like, your job is yourself yeah. and, and your body. And, yeah. like, marketing yourself. So that's, like, of course that's your entire life. But for, like, the average, like, day-to-day person that, like, works in an office yeah. or, like, has kids. Yeah. Yeah. Who has the time? I know. (laughs) You just don't have the time to
0: do that. Do you think as well, I like listened to this girl last year speak about, and she is like, she's a fitness influencer. Mm -hmm. And she felt that the fitness industry, particularly on Instagram and social media has become so sexualized. Mm -hmm. So like, you're not, you know, are you selling body positivity and empowerment for women? Or are you capitalizing off sexualization of big butts? Yeah, and slim waists.
1: And And those like pictures of like they've like oiled themselves up and it's supposed to look like sweat and they're doing like a sexy pose. Yes. I'm like, yes, that's fine, but you do also need to understand that not everybody on the internet is an adult. Yeah. And that like kids are consuming this media and thinking that in order to be perceived as beautiful or healthy or fit or any of those things you have to be sexy. Yeah. Like you can't you're not allowed to just exist in your own body. Yeah. You have to sell it. And like that that is perpetuated so much in like young girls and young boys as well. Like, don't even start me on the young boys. I know on TikTok. Boys get it as well. Everything that's happening to them right now because there's like they've been consuming all this media and they're like sixteen years of age and they're doing all these things on TikTok and like all these like young girls are going crazy for it. And I'm like, You're children.
0: And you're not allowed to be anymore. Do you know what, actually? And this is such an interesting point. On TikTok, obviously, I have a feed that's kind of tailored to me and everyone. Mm -hmm. So I'm only seeing this and maybe I could be wrong. But I feel like the amount of girls and women that I'm seeing sexualizing men Mm -hmm. is the worst I've ever... Like, I see it more than men sexualizing women. Yeah. And fair enough, that's just one, like, that's one platform. Yeah. But, like, a guy could be, like, I don't know eating an apple and and like something so simple and girls will sexualize it and be like oh eat me like that apple yeah something ridiculous 100 percent. and like i almost feel like these poor guys like it's stupid like there was this one guy and girls were like can you split open that peach with your bare hands and it's like girls right okay whilst i think us embracing our sexuality is fantastic Mm -hmm. we also cannot make these men objects (laughs) like they have feelings they have thoughts no it
1: it is very much a, a case of like certain people have taken it upon themselves to be like, if you know, we have been treated like that under patriarchal society, it's perfectly acceptable for us to do the same thing. Yeah. But that's counterproductive because that is giving fuel to the fire yeah. of well, you treat us like that too. I agree. So why should we stop in like when it's just easier to just not yeah. do that. I agree. It's so it's so much easier to just like leave people alone.
0: Yeah i agree i I don't understand how it would be someone's first thought because you like you must have like there must be a removal of a person Mm -hmm. you know what i mean for you to just for you to think those instant like sexualized thoughts yeah
1: i don't know i find it crazy yeah no me too like i have never like looked at a person and been like oh i would love to have sex with them right here right now yeah or like i would love for them to like do what they're doing to that orange to me like yeah. I have never had that thought but I feel like once it's on the internet like you are dehumanised yeah like they're not looking at a person they're looking at a piece of media yeah so they think it's okay to sexualize it but what they don't realise on like so people do that about celebrities all the time yeah right like they tweet on like their twitter account that has like 10 followers about yeah. how they want Tom Hiddleston to reel them I don't know um <laughs> But that's, that's kind of different because the likelihood of that person ever seeing it yeah. is so slim. But when it comes to, like, I'm not saying it's okay, yeah. but it's different. Um, but on a platform like like TikTok where you're talking, like, smaller creators, yeah. people that are trying to make something of themselves and are therefore checking their own analytics all the time yeah. are seeing all of these comments. I
0: know.
1: Every single one of them. And they might be, like, what, between the ages of, like, 17 and 21. I
0: know.
1: When they're going through, like, the peak of, like... Understanding their sexuality And like coming to terms With what that looks like So true And they're suddenly being like Over sexualized by strangers On the internet Yeah And then that either Makes them feel deeply self conscious Or like feeds into this Terribly ugly ego Yeah That translates into Their normal life Yeah So they expect People in real life To sexualize them that way And when yeah. it doesn't happen Then they get angry That's so true Sexuality is so complex It really is Oh yeah I was thinking about um The concept of like Body positivity Versus like body acceptance and how like body positivity was created as like a very wholesome very sweet way to make like fat bodies acceptable in the mainstream yeah which was fantastic but then of course along came all of these like predominantly white predominantly wealthy yeah. media influencers yeah. that hopped on the trend because it was trendy. yeah and they're like Maybe, like, a size 10 at a push. Yeah. And they're, like, visibly bending themselves into contortionist shapes just to have one role. Yeah. Just to say body positivity with their whole chest. I know. And it now has become, like, something that's commodified and marketable.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, like, putting, like, Ashley Graham on Sports Illustrated yeah. cover is marketable. It is. It's not for women that look like she's her. She's also gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yeah. And she's a very fit lady, and, like, she... ...is a bigger woman, but she still has a very socially acceptable figure. She does. So putting her on Sports Illustrated wasn't revolutionary. Yeah. It wasn't the hot take that people thought it was. Yeah. Because she is a very fit woman. She, she is. She is a model. She's stunning. Like, she... Of course she should... Like, she should be on the Sports Illustrated cover because she works out. Yeah. All of the time. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be, like, skinny or, like, ripped to be athletic. And then putting her on there just made it seem like a little bit of a novelty. Yeah. So we like this one fat woman? We works find out. like
0: the best looking fat person yeah. to represent you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Are you happy now? Yeah. And everyone's looking
1: at it and they're like, no. I know. Cause that's not what I look like. Yeah. And it's normal that she's there because she works out. So it's become this thing that like, and also I think it has become like, sexualized a little bit. Like body positivity itself has become like a sexualized movement yeah like there's all those like videos on on tiktok to that like body song and they're all like posting all these like sexy pics of themselves and like yes that's great because you feel sexy and that's wonderful but i don't understand why your entire self-worth has to be based on how many people want to sleep with you yeah which is where i think like the importance of like body acceptance comes into play because that's not about like Screaming from the rooftops how sexy you are in your body, whatever way it looks, it's yeah. just like, okay, this is what I have, yeah. And like, I live in here, I exist in this body, and that's okay, yeah. And I think it's a lot more helpful for people who are in like eating disorder recovery, like yeah. people who have low self esteem, like people who aren't equipped to love themselves wholly straight away, yeah. Because you know, body positivity is very much in your face, it's very much like, it is, yay, woo, like, I'm so beautiful, and like. If you can't bring yourself to feel that way, there's I think this sort of atmosphere of guilt yeah. that consumes you a little bit because you're like, Okay, what's wrong with me? Why can't I feel that way too? I agree. But then body acceptance is that nice little that little central part. And I'm not one to be a centrist. Yeah. But I think when it comes <laughs> to like bodies, yeah. I think being a centrist is very much okay. Yeah. Because Someone else's body is none of your business. That's so true. As long as they're not hurting anyone and they're not hurting themselves. Yeah. It's none of your business. Yeah. If they accept that they live in their body and that's okay. Yeah. That's all there is to it.
0: That's so true. I feel like the best thing I ever did was to streamline my news feed on Instagram. So I unfollowed like last year or maybe the year before I unfollowed like all those influencers that I followed because I number one, like I don't care for their content and they were promoting fast fashion mm-hmm. and they were so unrelatable yeah you know what I mean like I didn't care for it I didn't find yeah. anything I'm sorry to bash you but anything they did creative yeah. sorry to the influencers listening <laughs> 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 but um I so I went on my way to find like people of color. yeah to find um women that were fat influencers yeah. and then also there were certain pages I followed that were great they were like anti- diet culture Mm -hmm. and it's so good for me now to see those and see opinions from other voices Mm -hmm. because I can't speak on behalf of a fat person because I'm not but it's it's so good that's why like it's so interesting because when I put the poll up on my Instagram story about would you be offended by a before or after image the majority was no yeah and but those all were like slim skinny women Mm -hmm. and there was only like five or six people that said yes I do find it offensive and like I almost feel like because I've followed those pages and I've opened up the voices and opinions that I'm seeing mm-hmm. it's made me think well actually I think that there's a certain bracket of people who would find this offensive yeah and like it's, so. it's it's not good at all and so I think that everyone really needs to do that and we, we all need to stop following as you say white cisgender like beautiful thin women because it's yeah. not progressive wealthy
1: women or or,
0: or or men in that and wealthy you're so right yeah. like it's not progressive for us
1: but yeah <sighs> never like i've never really like talked to anybody about it before but i was just thinking about it this morning like cuz i i love the whole sexuality crisis that i'm going through right yeah. now like newly being attracted and comfortable with being attracted to men yeah um and obviously i didn't have that when i was younger so i was thinking about it this morning and about like the whole sexualization and self-worth thing yeah and because i didn't because I wasn't aware of my attraction to men, therefore I didn't care what they thought. Yeah. I have never felt, like, a pressure to tailor myself to, like, make men be attracted to me. Yeah. But obviously you are attracted to men. Yeah. And have been for quite a while. Yeah. So I wanted to know, like, when you were younger, like, did you feel a pressure to, like, appeal to boys?
0: Oh, 100%. Like, I'm so ashamed of it now, but when I was younger, like... Being fancied was like my entire life. Yeah. Like it was almost how like we like me and my friends' conversations were always like, "Oh my God, he's so good looking." Like, mm-hmm. like we I can't remember how many times I've googled what do boys like. Mm. Like it's disgusting. And that's so
1: interesting to y- me.
0: You know what I mean? And like I not, it's only when I you know got educated and like went to uni and saw more liberal people in different voices that you become strong in yourself. Mm-hmm. And like. Very much so. And I'm I feel like it's a better time now because I'm seeing. Instagram at that, like, I suppose when I was super young, I didn't have inst- Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then when it was created, it was very, you know, we just saw the mainstream celebrities. Yeah. And now you see more activists and they talk about it. And I'm like, you know Maybe what? So. You're so right. Yeah. And I feel like I'm happy to admit that the way that I present myself now, whilst I'm happy in my body, I have to admit to myself that part of it is to get along further in life yeah so i know and it's not being up myself i know that i somewhat conform to the beauty standard, so i do mm-hmm. have pretty privilege mm-hmm. and that's not me being up myself like most no, girls 100%. most girls 100%. need i've I got really frustrated with girls who are like slim, white, like, straight, like, like, have long hair, like, all the things that men or, like, the male gaze or the beauty standard is, and they're like, no, but, like, I I don't have pretty privilege. Yeah. Just because maybe they might have, like, a few spots, or, like, yeah, it's like, yes, you are.
1: Yeah, it's like, maybe you do have that, but that's okay. It's also
0: okay, yeah. no
1: one's angry at you because you're hot. Absolutely. It's like, but people are going to be less angry at you if you admit that you're hot. Absolutely. And that you have privilege based on that. Absolutely. But I really, I did want to ask that because I've, like, now, I have found myself, like, now that I'm attracted to men, I still don't have that. Are you, though? Are are you attracted to individuals? I don't know. It's, it's, like, a very complex thing for me right now, because I know that a lot of, like, I have more than, like, always been bisexual. Mm-hmm. Like, probably always. Yeah. But, like, when I was younger, I had a lot of bad experiences with men. That very much made me... It's so interesting. Like Sometimes I think about it myself and I'm like... It's so interesting to me that I repressed my attraction to men. Because usually it happens yeah, that when people life. start thinking that they're bisexual, they repress their attraction to women. yeah, Because that's the thing that they are uncomfortable yeah. with. But I was always deeply uncomfortable with the fact that I might have been attracted to men. So I pushed that away for a really long time. Do
0: you feel like it's as well, like at that age... Young boys are ruthless. Yeah. And you almost were like, I'm not gonna put myself in that situation.
1: Yeah. And I, I still I still wouldn't, but I think like, oh god, where was I going with that? Um Yeah, so okay. I unpacked my own shit okay. and met some really great men, and then I was like, Huh. This is okay. Yeah. I think a lot of it as well was like a little tiny bit of internalized biphobia. Cause yeah. I think like when you start being attracted to women lesbian women have kind of a weird relationship with bisexual women where yeah. they're very wary of them because yeah. they are insecure about the fact that men can give them things that they can't which isn't true because they're not comparable in any way shape not or form. at all yeah but i think for a really long time i was like oh if i can actively pretend i'm not bisexual I'm going to do that because it'll make my life easier.
0: Bisexuality, though, is very shunned. Like, very I ha- much so. I have relata- relatives who would be like, oh, yeah, no, I can get on board, you know, with homosexuality, with mm-hmm. lesbians, but bi-, bi people are disgusting. Yeah. They just want everything. Yeah. And you're like, excuse me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like- when it's, it's funny you say that, though, because when I came out to my mom, she was like, at least you're not bisexual. She didn't have bad or like hateful intentions when yeah. she said it. But like, it's, again, one of those things that like nobody's body is your business. Absolutely. Even if you created that body, even yeah. if you are that person's parent, yeah. your body is still none of their business. Yeah. I because do like I think like something that I has been spoken to me about a lot recently is like a few of my friends have been opening up about like eating disorder recovery. Yeah. And also their relationship with their mother in yeah. line with that. Yeah. And how like their mothers have like asked them for weight loss tips yeah even though they're hyper aware of what their child has been going through yeah but because they crave perhaps like the body that they've achieved by being like not healthy and like things like that like they still think it's appropriate to ask them for where are the boundaries
0: honestly like i could talk i like i have such i suppose unpopular opinions about like parenthood and like child and parent relationships Mm. and like I 100% think that not everyone has the right to be a parent
1: no because
0: it's like for me I don't know if I want to have kids. Number one, because we're completely overpopulated, and they probably would have a terrible life with with um the <laughs> the global so right. with the global crisis. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like the recession we're about to go in will probably last years and years. Like yeah. I don't even want to think about They're it.
1: They're done for
0: already. They literally are. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't put, and I'm not. I'm not selfish enough to put like a person through that. No, don't. And also, like whilst like. I love my life. Humanity is hard. Yeah. <laughs> like people do not prepare you for how difficult it is. Yeah. And I feel like as well, there is this like as you say, like, pa- like parental right, like ownership mm-hmm. over a child, and I don't really think that that's how it should be. I should think you know you created this soul to be a part of your family and then to be a great citizen, you know? And you've got to remove those. This isn't yours, you know? And I think, like, as you say, they almost scapegoat saying horrible things as a place from love mm-hmm.
1: so you know it's because i want what's best for you yeah but they don't see how damaging that is what they really mean though is that i want what's best for me absolutely. because i want my child to be socially acceptable and successful absolutely like it, it's not like i want to keep you safe it's like i don't want people to judge me as a parent yeah you ended up like that i agree
0: i do and i think that's so harmful it is so harmful like i don't even like i don't know because that's the thing like i don't even know if I would be capable of being a parent because I see it so much more complex than people do they just think you just show them love and they'll be great it's actually not like that it's so much more difficult like I need to keep you informed whilst also not being biased so that you can make your own opinion yeah you know what I mean I need to accept you for who you are whilst also like protecting you mm-hmm. like it's I just feel like it's so difficult and what could prepare you for that yeah like um, and I do say also I'm saying this very generalized there are some bloody fabulous parents out there oh who yeah. have just aced it absolutely but there's people that are made for that and I think we need to stop saying that all women are made to have children we're bloody not yeah I know some really selfish women myself included yeah <laughs> I would be a terrible no, mother
1: 100% I feel like in order to be a good parent you have to have sorted out your own shit I agree. Like, you have to be comfortable with yourself to be comfortable with what the person you've created is going to become. Yeah. And, like, the problem with a lot of parents is that, like, they're, like, deeply insecure and that they have no idea what they're doing and, like, they don't have support. And, like, very little of that is their fault. Yeah. But also, go to therapy. Yeah,
0: the child is to fill a void.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I am very much, like, a therapist sometimes. Yeah. I don't get paid for that shit. Yeah. Go to a therapist. Yeah. It's my advice for all the parents go to a therapist isn't
0: that so true though like i think about the like the amount of unpaid stuff that women do and therapy is the number one oh, we yeah. are everyone's bloody therapist mm-hmm. include like obviously you don't mind sometimes like to be there for your friends or like any like men in your life like i do it for my boyfriend i don't mind it yeah but like it's almost expected of us like like as you like as you say like you would go probably most of the time to like a female teacher
1: yeah in school if you had an issue i have never asked a man for advice yeah and like maybe that's from like having like a single mother thing. Yeah. Like men don't seem accessible to me. Maybe, yeah. But also I'm like, I have a really good relationship with my dad right now and I still wouldn't ask him for advice.
0: Emotional labor. That's what it's called. Yeah. We have so much.
1: And we do that shit for free. We do. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't, I know. My PayPal's in my Twitter bio. <laughs> else
0: There's this a a lot of women now as well, like influencers or activists. They will say, I'm sorry guys, and like, I want, like, I want to be there for you guys and speak for you guys, but like, I can't, like, my Instagram DMs are not open. Yeah. I've got my own life, and I'm not, as you say, I'm not a therapist, that isn't yeah. my job. I can't reply to all of you guys, and when you tell me about something that's happened about you with a guy, like, you need to go and seek help yourself. Yeah. You
1: know, and it's so true. Like, in, in, in the real life yeah. sphere, yeah. like, you can't, like, consume and use influencer's as though they are actually a product. Yeah. Their content is the product that they're selling. That's very true. Not themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people get that mixed up. They're like, oh, well, if you're putting out this information about, like, something you've gone through. Yeah. You, therefore, have to listen to what I've gone through. Yeah. But that's not the point. Like, yeah. them using their platform is, like, sharing their story or, like retweeting someone else's story it's not like sitting personally replying to your dms
0: so true and i feel like i'm about to go way way back here because we've completely went off topic but like like, i actually forgot i wanted to say something on workplace sexism Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i feel like without the throughout the array of jobs i've had i've always felt othered Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so i feel like there was like a different set of standards for me and for my male colleagues Mm -hmm. so like working in the supermarket I was, I cannot count how many times I was told by a male customer to smile or that it might never have happened. I hate, I hate that sentence. Always. Uh, It's the worst. And like, you know, also it was in the summer. I had a lot of shit going on. I was doing resets for university. Mm -hmm. You know, of course I'm trying to provide customer service, but I'm
1: working in a shitty retail job. What is there to smile? Exactly.
0: Like I'm not going to smile every, every second, sir. And like. It was actually one of my male colleagues that said, that's actually so unfair. Like, I, I can sit here with a face like a slapped dars mm-hmm. and, like, people will be like, oh, you're a great lad.
1: Yeah, no one's going to tell him to smile. Literally, like, boys can do
0: the bare minimum. And I think we've seen this in our most recent job mm-hmm. and every job. Like, they can do the bare minimum and they are almost put on, like,
1: on a pedestal. On a pedestal.
0: Absolutely. They're
1: they're heroes for just being there. They are. They Whereas are. we work like maybe four times as hard. I know. And like it's it's thankless. I know. Like it, it is Thankless being a woman in a service job, but it again goes back to the fact that that is what is expected of you. It is, yeah. Men are not expected to serve. So when they're in service jobs, everybody's like, oh, go you, you care about other people, but that's expected of us. So in order to give good customer service as a woman, you have to go above and beyond. Yeah. Do you know
0: what I I really want to do recently, and I keep catching myself on it? I say sorry all the time for no reason. I'm constantly apologising. Yeah. So if someone's in my way... I'll say sorry.
1: Yeah. Like, what? Just yeah. say excuse me. Yeah. No, like, I've been reading a lot about this recently. There's a lot of, um, like, people on the internet that are, like, offering, like, alternatives yeah. because people are starting to, there's a lot of discourse about the whole sorry thing yeah. and how prone women are, are to be, like, oh, like, sorry I'm late. Or I think my favourite one that, like, I read a, a tweet from, like, a very high up, like, business professional. Like, yeah. a, like a CEO or something of a, of a company and, like, he gets a lot of of emails from staff members, obviously. And um, he was talking about how often his female staff start their emails with, sorry to bother you. I said that all the time. And how he has never once heard that from a man. And I think that's so interesting that we're like socialized to apologize for taking up space.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I say that all the time in emails. I'm gonna stop. Like, why do I say that? What? Am I bothering them? No, <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, that is so true. Why do we do that? Yeah. I just feel like I'm constantly apologizing for like who I am and for like existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a bit extreme. But like, I'm sounding so dramatic. But it is reality.
1: It's so true, though. You are literally apologizing for taking up space. It's so true. I never thought of that.
0: Yeah. I feel like as well when like when I would, like when I used to text boys you know used to <laughs> honestly way back, way back in the day <laughs> um I would like so they would do something and I would I would just end up apologizing you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like and I was and I'm someone who's strong in myself never mind someone who's like easily led yeah so like it would end up where like I'd be like you've done this that has annoyed me yeah and it would end up where I would almost be gaslighted and then I'd be like I am sorry for bringing it up Mm. you know you're you're so right like I'm sorry maybe I've took it the wrong way absolutely not it's
1: interesting though because like that happens in like relationships with other women as well really like even though you're not talking like it is like completely down to the way we are socialized in like a like romantic and like platonic and everything context like just the way we're socialized in general is that like it's always our fault yeah so like oh god if you like if you're dating a woman and you get into an argument yeah set like a timer for six hours really because it'll just be like a constant back and forward like you've upset me it makes me feel sad that you say that i upset you i'm sorry that you upset me oh no and it's over and over and over and over and over again and, like, it's unfortunate that, like, we are socialised that way because, like, it's hard to get past it. Because yeah. i found that, like, I have had boyfriends before, albeit I was very young. But, like, you know, you still have, like, little arguments and stuff. Yeah. And, like, it was always so fast when I was arguing with men. And, like, it never ended well. Yeah. But it ended. Yeah. But i found that when I'm, like, arguing with my female partners, or, well, when I was younger, like, before I became the person I am now, it was a lot of, like back and forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. But now that I'm like very much more self-assured, I don't want to do that anymore.
0: Do you think that's like, is it because women care more or is it a bit more narcissistic, like egotistic? Is because men are so passive that they're just like, oh, whatever?
1: It, it's, so, it's so difficult because I think a lot of what's happening right now Mm -hmm. is that because there's been a lot of blasting of like men as like manipulators and gaslighters and all all these things um, women aren't as quick to recognise those behaviours in themselves or their partners Yeah. so because you think it's a man thing you're not thinking about it with yourself or your female partner Yeah. so there's no accountability, there's no self improvement, there's none of that, it takes like a really strong person to be able to look at themselves and be like Ugh, that oh. was a little bit manipulative. I agree. Ugh, I shouldn't have said that. But it's really, really important to like be able to see your own red flags. Yeah. I agree. Because if you if you can't like the victim complex is so ugly. And women. And yeah. it's so uncontrollable. It is. But it's not it's not uncontrollable because you can change that. Yeah. Like just go to therapy. No. Everyone should just go to therapy. I agree. I, I really do think so because I, I was literally. so anti-therapy in my youth yeah when I needed therapy and then I went like last year and I was like wow I was like this is great yeah like I'm learning things like I am improving myself like at this point like I wasn't even like there was no like depressive thoughts or like not even a lot of anxiety left anymore but there were so many things that I didn't realize that I was doing that was like indirectly hurting me yeah or the people around me and when I talked to like a licensed individual about that I was like huh some of that was my fault yeah and now I'm a better person
0: no I completely agree I feel like as well probably because you went with your own free will mhm I feel like in school they were pushing us and I'm not I'm sorry But I went to, I went to like a counsellor once in school and she was shit. Mm. Like, and I feel like we need to normalise maybe going to like two or three before you find your match.
1: Oh yeah. You know what I mean? They really should have Tinder for therapists. Absolutely. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah. With a therapist. No, I agree. certain people are better at dealing with certain things. I completely agree. And you shouldn't just settle for shitty therapy and like write therapy off as shitty.
0: Hi, me again. I'm just popping on really quickly to tell you that we quite abruptly changed subjects
1: here to talk about eating disorders amongst the LGBTQ community. Briefly on like the eating disorder epidemic in like the gay community yeah. because of the oversexualization of like male-male relationships and how they feel like their self-worth is like entirely based upon sex because men are socialized yeah. to want to have a lot of sex. So when two people have been socialised as men and then are in a relationship yeah. or lack thereof, it's all, like, sex, sex, sex. And if their body isn't deemed, like, acceptable, yeah. they're not having that. So then they have, like, this whole big eating disorder epidemic. They do say, like,
0: like they, like they there is that stereotype where, like, of, like, dating as a, as a gay person, you are super shallow. Yeah. yeah like, I've heard that before. Yeah,
1: like, like, gay men are very much enveloped in that. And I think it is because of, like, how men are socialised.
0: Yeah. And, like, they're their relationships as you say are so sex, sex focused and like I suppose like short term and like sporadic so they have no problem like moving on like, like they could have like I feel like actually it's so informal is the best word like yeah. they, could, they could have like three dates mm-hmm. in the one day and they could all include sex yeah
1: like I was watching a, a TikTok last night about this guy who went on a date and his um date showed up with a hickey and he asked him about it and he was like, Oh, that's from the guy yesterday. And like, that blows my mind because, like, the way we're socialized, if you showed up on a date with a hickey, you'd feel dirty. Yeah. And they're just like, He had no shame about that. Yeah. And that was so interesting to me because I was like, Oh, he really just slept with somebody last night yeah. and had evidence and like yeah. went on another date and didn't give a fuck. I yeah. could literally never. Yeah.
0: But then is that better than what we have? Or does that show like a lack of ability to be monogamous
1: I think perhaps not better or worse just like very much different yeah like if there was ever going to be a better it would have to be in like a middle ground or in like a reality where everyone could have that same lack of shame towards their sexuality yeah like it can't just be like oh this group is allowed to do that but nobody else is and then I like wrote a little bit about how it's like almost a flip side in like lesbian relationships like there's there's less like body pressure and stuff yeah for the large part among like lesbian relationships because you are socialized very differently yeah you know we're like supposed to be scared of sex and like jamur and like really like you know like because obviously when you're socialized as a woman that's like the whole shtick yeah like you know you're, you're raised to like avoid sex and like you're not raised to sexualize other people's bodies so like when you're going into like a relationship with another woman you're like seeing them through different eyes especially because you're raised to like see women as your friends yeah so you focus a lot more on like who they are as a person and what they bring to the table in that sense that's very true and all like the sexy stuff is kind of a sideline
0: i feel like as well the reality of being a lesbian is so far removed from what they, like, show in porn. They oh, sh- yeah. They show mm-hmm. you as, like, so hypersexualized. it That shit
1: doesn't happen. Yeah. That, that, I, very few people do that.
0: But then that's through the male gaze. Yeah. That's what the male gaze would want
1: lesbians to be like. Yeah. You know? It's, like, my favourite thing is when they wear, like, really long fake nails. Yes! I'm like, baby, that's not how it works. Oh. <laughs> like, that's just... That's not how it works. I know. And, like, oh. Like, they're... That you know they're not having a good time. Absolutely. But men don't know that they're not having a good time. Yeah. Because they think that that's what a woman having a good time is supposed to look like. Yeah. But it just isn't. It's so toxic. At all. But it makes it really hard for, like, younger queer women. Because when they start having sex, it doesn't look like that. And then they're like, oh, God, like, yeah. why doesn't it look like that? Why, yeah. why can't I do that? Why don't I want to do those things? Yeah. Because, like, everything is through, like, the male gaze. So then when you're, like, navigating with a female one yeah it's like what am i supposed to look for what am i supposed to look like what am i supposed to be doing no i know
0: i feel like as well like did you like struggle even to like know how to
1: approach a woman like yeah because it's so different like very much so <sighs> and i, I find that like af- i don't know if it's like the same for a lot of people but i've noticed in a lot of my like queer friends that are my age is that like when you come out you do kind of if you don't have like the stereotypical like feminine figure, yeah. and like you're not small and dainty, you yeah. tend to become like you go through like a little bit of a masculine thing when you come out, and that's not the same for everybody because like a lot of lesbians do like masculine present their entire lives, and that's like who they are and yeah. like where the, where they're comfortable. But I think for a lot of like young women, they kind of do that because like you feel like that's what it takes to make more feminine women attracted to you that you have to sort of emulate like masculine behaviours so like you have like a little bit of a bravado and like you dress differently and like you kind of catch yourself you're like was that respectful? Did I mean that? Like is that what we're supposed to be doing? But And I've only really like shed that in like the last like six months and now I'm like navigating like being single for the first time in like five years as like a completely different person and it's like I'm so nervous now. Like, I, I don't know how to approach women anymore because I'm not, like, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah.
0: They almost, like, I feel like as well, it's only now that that, like, butch stereotype is starting to become undone. Yeah. And more, like, very much so. Women that don't fall in, as you say, into that feminine, super slender. Yeah. If they want to be girly, they will. Yeah. And if they want to be, like, well, I feel like we need to get rid of this where there has to be, like, a masculine and a feminine. Yeah. You know, because I mean? it's, it's, that's going to traditional heteronormative. Yeah, very much so. Isn't it? It's like, very,
1: like, dangerous language to have, but I feel like in, like, the society that we exist in, it's kind of hard to avoid Yeah. that kind of language. And often because, like, it's the only language we have, it's the only language that you feel comfortable yeah. using. That's very true. But, like, there are, you know, there are things happening now where, like, it is being revolutionised a little bit. Yeah. Like, um, being, like, gender non-conforming and stuff is, like, very much coming on the scene and they're, like, bringing up their own language and terminology that will eventually be, like, pumped out to the masses. Yeah. But for now, the masses are, like, highly uncomfortable with said new terminology, yeah. so it's going to take a really long time for that to feel like natural and normal, like coming out of your mind.
0: Slight side note, but what do you think about Harry Styles? So me and <laughs> me and Mark, like my boyfriend was talking about him, right? And, and, Mark, and Mark was like, obviously, yeah, it's great. I love that he wears dresses and skirts and makeup mm. and whatever, and kind of blurs the lines of, of gender. Mm. But he feels like he's been over-glorified for something that's been done before, like Bowie, yeah. like Yeah, no, one hundred percent. You know, and, and, and he was like, I almost think like he's been made to see us as revolutionary when he's not.
1: Yeah. No, there there are a lot of like men on the internet at the moment, like Harry Styles and like Curtis Connor and like all these guys. And like a lot of the men on like TikTok and that are like wearing skirts and, like like, Wearing boys. eyeliner and mm. like all of that. But like it's not new or revolutionary. It's just like now being used by traditionally attractive mostly straight cis men yeah so now people are like oh this is sexy yeah like this isn't like exciting and like an expression of like who they are as a person it's just kind of hot yeah and I think that's terribly unfortunate for like people that don't look like that and that is their like daily lived experience and they've never been validated for it yeah like there's non-binary people out there that like you know, they wear eyeliner, or, like, they masculine percent, they feminine percent, they abandon both, and, like, nobody has given them credit for that, because they're not conventionally attractive, but, Mm. like, Harry Styles slaps on a dress and gets on the Vogue cover, and everybody's like, yeah, go you, and, like, don't get me wrong, I love that he did that, yeah, I love that, like, as, like, the first meal solo cover of Vogue, he's in a dress, like, I think that's incredible, but it needs to be taken with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Again, like in a big way, it needs to be taken with a pinch of salt. Yeah.
0: So I feel like we could literally talk all day
1: on everything. Oh, every most definitely.
0: Two complex minds. So true. But to probably leave the podcast on a little positive note, I want to ask you about something that you're obsessed with right now.
1: <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of silly, and um, I feel ridiculous being twenty one years of age and like <laughs> talking about a TikTok trend. But um, there's this like trend going around on TikTok right now about. Um, things that people find cute about humans. Okay. And it's just, it's so wholesome. They're like, um, like when two people haven't seen each other in a really long time and they're like walking down the street and they're on the phone and they're like, I see you. And then the other one's like, I see you. And they get really excited. Oh my God. And like this one girl was talking about how like we just like, go in the water for fun and that we have like silly little water specific outfits that we wear even though like we can't hold our breath for very long and there's no purpose of us being in the water we just like it yeah and like they're talking about all these like really like obscure little things like when like a little bit of snow falls on like your face and you like scrunch it up and stuff like they are talking about that and i'm like it's so sweet to like focus on like little silly things that we like about like Humans across the board. Yeah. Instead of like always, cause we live in a really horrible world. We do. Like realistically, like we there's do. a there's a lot of bad things about like our lived experience, but like it's those like little moments. Yeah. That make it really sweet and yeah. like really worthwhile. And it's really, like romanticizing humanity. Yeah. It's like that little like sense of innocence that we don't necessarily have anymore. Yeah. And I think it's really sweet to see like people reflecting on those moments especially this year.
0: I think I've actually saw one of those where she was like, we have like little like holes in our house where we get post. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like and we get so yeah. excited when a letter
1: comes it's not a bill. Yeah. Like it could be anything. Like it could be one of those shitty credit cards and yeah.
0: we're like, yes. We are so simple in that form, aren't yeah, we? Very much so. Mine and I thought I'd never be this bitch, but I'm like loving the crime. Yeah. <laughs> I I like I when I was younger I was like I would never watch that. Like yeah. I have never in my life followed the Royals. But some I think it's because the new season came out with Deanna and I was like, oh, it got to me. Like I wanted yeah. to know the juicy gods. Yeah,
1: every single one of us is so attached to her. Yeah. And she was like pre us. She, she was, was like, our best friends.
0: Every mummy loves her. But though. because
1: of that, we're all like, oh, Princess I know, Deanna.
0: I know. And I started to watch it and it's actually so good. But I will say I watched it with Mark who studied history. Yeah. So he's able to be like, So this is this and this is what succeeding means and this is who this was. Yeah. And I think without him I would have been clueless. Oh yeah. Because it's so complex. Yeah. And one of my friends said she watched it, but she was like, Jess, I have no idea who anyone
1: is. Yeah. And that would
0: have been me. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is it's a very it's a very difficult show to like fully understand if you don't have like background knowledge on like how monarchy functions yeah. and like all those little things. Yeah. Like my watches it and she's like, Oh, like this, 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 and I'm like Huh? Mm-hmm. The thing that really unsettles me about this season of The Crown... Okay, I haven't and, got there, no spoilers? And no, 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 I haven't okay. watched it, but, like, I want to. Okay. But for a really bad reason. I really want to see Gillian Anderson play Maggie Thatcher. <gasps> Love her! And I really, I don't want to be attracted to Maggie Thatcher but Gillian Anderson <laughs> but you is, like, might the most beautiful woman in the world and I know that they've tried their best to not make her like a very glamorous like beautiful version of Maggie Thatcher yeah but how do you hire Jillian Anderson and not expect everyone to be like I'm in love with Maggie so Thatcher
0: so true so true <laughs> I feel like in season one um every I feel like the characterisations are really good mm-hmm. except for Churchill They've really like like glorified him, uh-huh. and, and but even his character, like he's played by a great actor, but his character, like the actor in role, will be like, yeah, no, like I'm a hard man, like I'm I'm you know I'm difficult. They say I'm difficult, yeah. but like you know they don't really. That's very, you know, subtle compared to like the harsh realities of what he did in Ireland. Yeah. You know, so it's very far removed. Very
1: much. But so. my
0: friend also said in the newest season they talk about ireland and what mm-hmm. happened and she says it actually seems a lot more considerate yeah which is really good so maybe i'm excited
1: about that prospect yeah
0: so maybe i'll see that and i'll be like okay actually fair enough <laughs> okay Woo! i'm so excited we've done this <laughs>